Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The mindset of the other inmates. I guess you also have to take it with a grain of salt since she's gaining this notoriety and people might be spreading rumors about her. So I feel like there's going to be a lot said about Ruby Frankie between now and when her trial actually happens. Uh, real quick, about 15 seconds, people accused of child abuse... How do they fare behind bars? Very, very poorly. That's like somebody who's kitty porn, child pornography, a yep. child molester, right. and an informant. Larry Levine, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. That does it for us tonight. Brian Enton in for Ashley Banfield, and that starts right now. Hey, everybody, I'm Brian Enton uh, in for Ashley tonight. She is a, a little under the weather, hopefully getting some really good rest right now, and, and she'll feel better soon, we all hope. Uh, but I'm going to hold down the four tonight, and, man, it is a busy night. We've got big news from Las Vegas and that awful, sick, disgusting video that shows two teens intentionally running over and killing a man on a bicycle. Well, one of those teens was in court today, there were no cameras allowed, uh, but coming up, we have a reporter who was inside the courtroom. She saw the teen. She even tracked down the mom in the parking lot. Uh, and that's something that I've been thinking a lot about ever since I first saw this disgusting video. Who are the parents of these boys? I mean, I can't imagine this is the first time they've acted out this way. Who are the parents? Uh, she at least met the mom. We're going to ask her about it. That reporter will join us live uh, with the latest coming up uh, in just a minute. Also tonight, uh, this is almost too crazy to believe. Too crazy to believe. An accused killer accidentally released from an Indiana jail. They just let him out. They let him walk right out the front door. An accused murderer. And they say that it was a clerical error. That's what they're calling it, a clerical error, that that's the reason this guy walked right out the front door. How were there more precautions in place? How on earth could something like this happen? And why did the authorities wait almost a week to tell the public? That's right, this didn't just happen today or yesterday. This happened a week ago, and they didn't tell anybody about it. We've got Doug, the bounty hunter. Uh, he's gonna join me live on how uh, those same authorities now might try to get that suspect back, but he could be long gone now. Again, it's been a week since they even informed the public. That's a wild one we're going to get to a little later in the show. Uh, and then a woman's body found beaten and burned in the trunk of a car, uh, and it's been linked to a group known as the Soldiers of Christ. She was starved before she died, according to police, uh, and one of the suspects is just 15 years old. Uh, so is this Soldiers of Christ, is it a cult? 
Is it a religious group? If you Google it, there's not much information out there. Uh, we're going to have a member of the police department on the show uh, to explain it all to us. We're going to dig into exactly what this group is uh, and what was behind that brutal killing that's coming up uh, later in the show. But we begin tonight uh, with that shocking video. You've probably seen it by now. Uh, it's shocking for the brutality and violence, shocking for the inhumanity of the people who recorded it, uh, and shocking for the family who lost a husband and father because a couple of laughing punks thought it would be fun to pick someone at random and run him down. It's disgusting. Talking about uh, that stolen car hit and run crash that killed an innocent man on a bicycle and went around the internet in a viral video. They shared it on the internet. They were almost proud of it. Well, tonight, the driver of that car uh, was in court. He's a teenager now charged with murder. His partner in this crime, the passenger who recorded the deadly crash on video, uh, is also under arrest. And tonight, we'll get the very latest on a very important question that so many are asking. Will these two maniac teens who killed a man and laughed about it on video and then fled the scene and bragged about it, will they be charged and prosecuted as adults? That will make the difference between a slap on the wrist and a clean record in a few months and a possible serious prison term for both the driver and the passenger who recorded that murder. And yes, it is now being treated as a murder. Also tonight, uh, when you look at this video, you ask the question, what is wrong with teenagers today? How do some of these teens have absolutely no regard for human life? How has killing someone become like a fun prank? I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I felt bad uh, and naughty for ringing and running. I'd go down the street and ring people's doorbells and run away. That was like the worst thing I could ever do, according to my parents. Now you've got kids who think it's a prank to run someone over on the road and kill them. What is going wrong in our world and these teens' lives to actually allow this to happen? Is it TV and movies? Is it video games? Is it just bad parents who don't pay attention to their kids? What exactly is it? There's obviously uh, no easy answer, uh, but I have just the right person here to help wrap our minds around this senseless tragedy uh, that is also coming up. But first, to remind you of the horrific crash, uh, which looks to me and pretty much everyone who's seen it to be totally intentional. I mean, you hear the laughing. Uh, we want to show you the video again. A warning. Uh, we give you the warning the last couple of nights, too. It includes the deadly collision of that stolen car with the man on a bike. You don't see any blood. Uh, but, it, but it is important to see it when we talk about this story because you have to really see it and digest it and see the whole thing unedited. And a lot of shows don't show it to you unedited, but if we're going to go there, we need to show you the whole video so you can see what these teenagers did and what they said. All right, go. Go, go, go. Thank you, 
I think I just feel worse every time I see it. And I think I heard them say, hit his ass. I think that's what they said. I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, the man they killed was 64-year-old Andreas Probst. He was a retired police chief from California. He was an avid bicyclist. He was just on his morning ride. This is what he did every morning. This happened at 6 o'clock in the morning, by the way. It was on August 14th. Now, we don't know the, uh, the names of the two murder suspects because they are minors. One of them we know is 17 years old. Uh, but we're learning more about the case and who they are. I want to go live now to Las Vegas uh, and KLAS news reporter Vanessa Murphy. Uh, Vanessa was in court this morning when one of those teens uh, was before a judge. And I know, Vanessa, when you cover juvenile court, it's tricky. It's not like normal court because you can't video the kids and they're very careful about releasing names, um, but you were still there. You were able to get into that courtroom. Tell us what it was like. What did the teenager look like? Did he look remorseful? Um, take us inside that courtroom. Hi, Brian. Yeah, both teens were in court, but they were in separate courtrooms. I wasn't able to get inside the courtroom with the accused passenger. I was in the courtroom with the teen who's accused of being the driver in that video. He appeared virtually from a juvenile detention center. Um, there was a hearing master who confirmed he did not want us to use the teen's name at this time. He did not let us bring our camera in the courtroom. Um, the teen didn't have much of an expression. His mother was there uh, with a Spanish interpreter. This is the hearing where the teen learned he will no longer be in juvenile court. He is heading to adult jail and adult court. He will be facing that murder charge. Both of the teens are expected to face that murder charge. Okay, so you saw the driver. Um, it's interesting they're now going to go to adult court, so we'll maybe get a mugshot, get the name, be able to actually see video of who these teenagers are. Um, you mentioned a mother. I mean, what was the mom's reaction to all of this? I just keep thinking about the parents. I mean, I don't, I don't want to blame them, but at the same time, I just th there had to be more to this, other issues in these kids' lives. I mean, what was the mom like? Well, we had done some digging previously, and we learned that this teen has a lengthy criminal record in the juvenile system. Yeah. So she exited the courtroom, uh, went to the parking lot, tried to talk with her. Uh, she seemed remorseful. I asked her how her son got to this point. Uh, she said that she was sorry. She doesn't know how. Uh, in a later conversation with another one of our reporters who followed up, in Spanish. Uh, she said she was embarrassed to speak with me. She doesn't know what happened here and how could God forgive what happened? Mm, I mean, in a sense, I feel for that mom, but then you say lengthy criminal record and, and that's new reporting. I haven't heard that yet. Um, and it's like no surprise. I mean, these things don't just happen in a vacuum, uh, Vanessa. Um, you've been digging into it. Have, I mean, is there any more detail you can provide? Is, do we know any more about the previous, previous crimes? The records are sealed, but we do know this isn't just a one or two time thing. He is very familiar mm. in the juvenile system here. Uh, many things on his record, but now he's not going to be in the juvenile system anymore. Um, I will say I saw some sort of tattoo on his face um, in from 
juvenile detention center. Again, they appear virtually, or at least he did. There was some sort of tattoo. I, I couldn't make out exactly what it was. Um, but his mother was there. Brian, some of these kids are there. They have no one showing up for them. I was at a court appearance uh, on September 11th for him, an earlier court appearance. We were allowed to have our camera there, um, but we had to blur his face when we showed that video. At that time, both his mother was there and his sister. It's interesting you say tattoo on the face because I think that's why I'm so happy you were able to come on and you were in the courtroom. You know, we, we think kids, we think juvenile, but I mean, this kid has got a, a tattoo on his face um, and apparently a lengthy criminal record and you just have to wonder, did the system fail here? I'm going to be very interested when we find out, and hopefully we will, what those other charges were and should he have been locked up already. Um, what about the other family of the passenger? I know you didn't see him in court, but have you been able to talk to his family at all? Did some digging. I tracked down his mother. I called her. She initially hung up on me. She was asking how I got her information. I explained uh, that's my job to get her information. But again, she hung up on me. I sent a text message to follow up. And then she sent me um, a text message saying she wouldn't comment, but, but she did comment. And let me read this to you. She said, with all due respect, my family is in awe right now. We are not making any statements or addressing any accusations without our legal team. My son's side of the story will be told, told, quote, the truth, not the social media version or inaccuracies the media will try to portray. Then she said, thank mm. you. I mean, well, look, I mean, innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, um, we've all got the video, we've all seen the video, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the records are when you're able to get your hands on those. It's not easy with the juvenile, so you've been doing really great work, Vanessa Murphy. Uh, thank, thank you for you. joining us tonight from Las Vegas. Thank you. Okay, I want to uh, bring in Phil uh, Ramos. He is a retired Las Vegas homicide detective, 33 years on the force there, so he, he knows the system well there. Um, first of all, Phil, like, what do you make of this? I mean, you, you were there for three decades. Um, we've never seen anything like this. What, what's your reaction? How's Las Vegas reacting to this? You know, everybody's pretty much in shock, Brian. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, when I saw this video, I was just disgusted. Uh, I ride that very route myself three or four times a week. And I recognize the area, and I saw where he was going, and I'm in that very same spot. But, you know, the level of depravity that it took to commit this, it speaks a lot to the people who, who did this. You know, the the driver, number one, they switched places later, and then... It, it um, you know, you touched on it earlier. Their behavior has to be explained to some extent, but it starts at home. They they're not raised like this. It starts at home, and that's where it goes wrong. And and it's um, they just spiral out of control, especially at this age to commit a crime like this so heinous at this age. I'm not surprised about the tattoos on the face, and I'm not surprised about the lengthy juvenile history. Yeah, I found that so interesting, the tattoo on the face, and then what Vanessa was able to report, that there's a long criminal history with at least one of these guys, uh, the driver. And I've covered these cases in juvenile court where these kids get a slap on the wrist for violent crimes, and we don't know what his are yet, but it's long, Vanessa said, the, the, the rap sheet. 
Um, they get a slap on the wrist. And this isn't just like, you know, stealing a candy bar. I mean, these kids do awful things and they get right back out because they're juveniles. Uh, I mean, how do we fix that, Phil? You know, that's a tough question because uh, everybody wants to not coddle, but go much easier on youthful offenders. But by the time they get this age, it's too late to try and rehabilitate them in the new age way that everybody's trying to do right now. That doesn't work. I mean, these these charges, I'm, I'm sure, involve uh, violent crimes, serious property crimes. Um, you, once a teenager has gotten to the level of criminal behavior that these two guys got, that, that, that's pretty much the way they're going to live the rest of their lives. And hopefully these two will be living that life in prison. And we heard uh, the, uh, the statement from the, the family of, um, I believe it was the passenger saying, you know, essentially don't listen to the media, you know, the truth will prevail. Is, is there any chance, Phil, that, I mean, could it be the wrong kids that they arrested? Or I say kids, we know these aren't kids anymore. They're, you know, 17 years old or so. But could they maybe have gotten the wrong one based on that family statement? Or do you think that maybe it's like the parents are in denial? Or what do you make of that? Yeah, absolutely. These are the the guys 100 percent. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The the evidence is there. It's overwhelming. Families are reacting like families do. You know, when their kids get in trouble, oh, no, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. They couldn't possibly do something like that. But the reality is going to hit them as soon as um, the the proceedings start and all the evidence is revealed, because there's going to be much more evidence come forward uh, as a result of this investigation. And uh, I can tell you, my uh, my former co-workers in there are relentless, and they're going to dig up every piece of evidence that they can to document the authenticity of that video, number one, that they were the ones in that vehicle, number two, and that there was also another series of incidents, criminal incidents, that happened before Mr. Probst was hit and killed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially when it moves to adult court, where we'll be able to... Uh see the records and and hear exactly what's going on. It won't be so secretive. Uh, Phil Ramos, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We appreciate it. Okay, I want to get to uh, Darby Fox. Uh, She is a child and adolescent uh, family uh, therapist. Um, Darby, you know, again, I I just, I don't know what to make of this big picture here. Like, Obviously, this is, a, this, is, this is worse than a lot of things we've seen involving teenagers, but there's so many other things, too. Um, it just, it's like they don't have a regard for human life, to laugh. I mean, like, what's happening? How, how do you explain this? So, Brian, I mean, that is true. I think that these two guys in particular, we could go ahead and say, are, um, have some kind of pathological disorder or some we would call it antisocial personality disorder whether that be a psychopath or you know sociopath it doesn't really matter there is something that is disconnect and i would think that we look back at their backgrounds their family something was missing typically people that can go this far especially at age 17 feel like they kind of um are owed something by the world and that they're going to go ahead and go forward with this. There's no empathy. It's really aggressive. There's no remorse. This level of disconnect is something that's pretty pathological. 
Yeah, and I know it's, it's a complicated question. It can't be easy to answer, but like, what causes uh, teenagers to be like this? I mean, is it like video games? Is it the violent movies? Is it just that, you know, m- maybe the parents are absent? Like, h- how does it get to a point where they would think killing someone and hitting them with the car is funny? So I think, Brian, it's it's a combination of those things. And the, lit- the research really tells us that a lot of the video games, even the violent ones, don't tend to lead towards criminal behavior with the regular population. So let's be clear about that. That's with healthy kids in a warm environment where they can walk away from it. That's what the research tells us. But for people like this, there's a real connection and it also kind of gives them an idea. Let's try that. Can we get away with that? They're not really operating in a day-to-day world in a family environment where we're accountable. We don't, you know, swear at our mom. We go to school. We abide by those social rules. They really don't conform to social norms. And that's where we see the parents definitely what it is. Was the mom absent? Was she working all the time and really wasn't there? Um, You know, was there abuse? There's something in that background, in the home, that would create this kind of depravity. It's hard to yeah, say exactly, something for sure. but something definitely in the home. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I still can't wrap my mind around trying to think of what would cause a teenager to do this. Even when we go cover the shootings on the streets and it's teens involved, it's like they just pull the trigger and they don't realize like that there's a human life on the other end. It's, it's awful. Darby Fox, thank you for, for trying to help us understand it. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. Okay, still to come uh, in Banfield, a clerical error is being blamed for the release of an accused killer in Indiana. Yeah, you heard me right. A clerical error, they say, is the reason the murderer was let right out the front door. And then they didn't inform the public for almost a week. That was a deliberate move by the sheriff. So how do you find a guy who's got a six-day head start, the one and only dog, the bounty hunter, uh, will join me coming up next. And later, an emaciated body found burned in the trunk of a car led police in Georgia to a religious group in a house of hers. Who exactly are the Soldiers of Christ? That's the name of this group, apparently. And are there more victims out there? You've got that, too. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right, talk about a wild story. There is a manhunt underway right now in Indiana for 28-year-old Kevin Mason. He is wanted for murder in Minnesota, 
And the reason he's on the loose, get ready for this, it's hard to believe. The Indiana Sheriff's Office had him in custody, but says a records clerk made a mistake and thought she was correcting a duplicate booking, and instead she basically opened the jailhouse door and they let this guy right out the door of the jail. Now, for what it's worth, two clerks are out of a job tonight, but, but here's the real rub. Mason has been on the run for a week now, and authorities alerted the public just yesterday. They didn't tell anybody out it, about it. They say they wanted to maintain what they call a tactical advantage. Back in Minnesota, the mother of Mason's alleged victim says, and I quote, it is like this is starting all over again for me. You've got to feel for that woman tonight. Uh, earlier today, the Marion County Sheriff's Office updated the manhunt, and now Mason's girlfriend is involved. Uh, take a look at the latest. He called for a ride, and we've been tracking that girlfriend since that point in time. Uh, she originally picked him up somewhere down here near the jail. She then uh, went to obtain a new cell phone, which is kind of the deceptive type of behavior we'd expect somebody when they're assisting a criminal. Uh, later, she went to a Walmart up there on North Keystone, purchased some men's underwear, a travel kit, and some men's slippers. So again, another day had passed where we could have tried to look for him and made it public, but we were using our covert operation to continue to follow her. On Monday, she took her car in for an oil change and tire repair, as though maybe she was going to travel. Again, we continued to follow her. Last night, she traveled outside of her regular area, which was the airport, I'm sorry, the Southport and Emerson Avenue. There's a lot of hotels down there. We have that hanging up on a wall, but if anybody saw her check in in a hotel down in that area, she might be hiding Kevin Mason down there. She has not cooperated. We arrested her today at 2 o'clock. She's employed as a health care worker in Carmel in the nursing profession. Uh, we contacted her to talk to her. She left her work. We arrested her at the Lowe's around 146th Street in Carmel. All right, Oliver has been arrested for allegedly assisting a criminal. Another woman was also taken in for questioning but released. I want to bring in a man who knows a thing or two about finding people who don't want to be found. Uh, Dwayne Lee Chapman, better known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, uh, joins us now live. Uh, okay, first of all, Dog, I mean, it sounds pretty clear that this girlfriend must know something. It seems like she's the key here. Absolutely, and I've, I've done a lot of checking on it and digging into it. Uh, that's exactly right. I think the main thing is that when you defund the police, you refund the, the criminal. So it used to be, as of last year, police officers did all the releasing. Now civilians are at a minimum wage job. So it's not like it used to be. So, uh, you know, uh, John F. Kennedy said to err is human. So I think this was a human error, and it looks like the sheriff's department's tracking her. Soon as she went out, soon as he got outside, bam, they got uh, him calling her. She picked him up. They were like five minutes behind him. The uh, sheriff's department also says that they have several houses that they're going to go into more than a SWAT raid. If she doesn't stay mm. where that, they're going to start you know, plan B and start hitting all these houses. I do believe that she was headed out of town. 
when you get your tires fixed and your oil change, you're going on a drive. Now that she's arrested, that will stop him. So they've got him contained in one area. Another thing I found out, brothers, when he's in jail, he constantly watches crime television and reports about crime. So that's another reason they don't want to put it out there is because he's watching every move. I think this guy's going to go down quick. I hope not in a blaze of glory. But, uh, you know, I don't think the police are to blame. I think that, you know, you get what you pay for, basically. And they just don't have the money anymore to fund good health, brother. Uh, that's what that's what it is. Yeah, it's. I just I just did a story yesterday, dog, about how you know they don't have enough workers in any of these jails and prisons um, because they don't pay enough and they can't retain people, and it's a total mess in every state, pretty much in every jail and prison. We've seen the escapes. We saw this, but but that's besides the point. I kind of want to focus on on finding yes. this guy. It sounds like you think they did the right thing, not telling us, not telling the media. Uh, for a week, I guess. I guess it makes sense. They were they were following this woman, thinking that they would it, that she would lead them to him. Well, yes, and of all people that you know condemn the police for not saying nothing is me, because I want in on it, and I gotta know. But yeah. this time, I've always disagreed. The more you know, the more you know. But this time, they kept it quiet because he watches television of everything about it. He's one of those kind of guys. So I think they got it wrapped up. The girl was with another girl in the car when they caught her today. And the other girl said, don't you dare say nothing. So, okay, you're not going to say nothing. You're going to sit there in jail. And I think she'll finally crack. And one other thing, Brian, that they haven't done, and that is offer a cash reward. Usually, you know, we worked on cases, you and I personally together, and it was 25000 10,000. Mm. The other day they offered 250,000 for a police officer that was killed. They got him the next day. You know, uh, it's terrible to say, but uh, people that inform on people, they want money because the way it is today, you go to jail for murder, obviously, and you're out of jail quick. So is it worth me, you know, risking my life for 20 grand or is it is someone's life worth 20? Or what about the $250,000 when a police officer gets shot? Within 24 hours, Brother Brian, they had the killer. So that is a lot to do with it. You you want information, you got to pay for it. And city council can do that. It doesn't have to come out of the police officer's benevolence union. Yeah, or something yeah like it, it makes sense. It, yes, sir. It, it makes perfect sense if they increase the reward. You just think about the, the victim's family, you know, they're not sleeping tonight. This guy's on the run. They don't know where he is. Uh, Doug, it's always good to see you. Thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, hopefully I'll see you in person uh, soon. Uh, for everybody watching at home, if you have information um, on Mason's whereabouts, authorities ask that you call Crime Stoppers. Uh, do the right thing. 317-262-TIPS. Maybe that, uh, maybe that girlfriend knows a little more than she's letting on and she's going she's gonna to do the right thing and talk because it seems like... She would know something, but we'll see how this one uh, plays out. All right, coming up still, who are the soldiers of Christ? Some say they are a death cult. Others call them a street gang. All we know for sure is they've been linked to the torture and death of a young woman in Georgia. You see some of the mug shots there. Are other soldiers of Christ still out there? Have police gotten all of them? Are there perhaps more victims? Uh, that's coming up next.
Members of a religious group in Georgia are now facing new charges in the torture and death of a woman reportedly lured to the U.S. from Asia. The woman's emaciated and burned body was found last week in the trunk of a car uh, in front of a Korean spa in Duluth, a suburb of Atlanta. Uh, police say the victim was in her 20s or 30s but weighed just 70 pounds. Earlier this summer, she left her home in South Korea to join what she thought was a religious organization, uh, but allegedly ended up imprisoned in the group's basement. Gwinnett County police say half a dozen suspects who called themselves the Soldiers of Christ, they beat her and starved her before she died, according to police. The suspects include five adults and one 15-year-old, and some are said to actually be siblings. Tonight, they face multiple charges, including felony murder, false imprisonment, tampering with evidence, concealing the death of another, and felony street gang charges. Uh, and I'm joined now uh, by Michelle uh, Pajera. She's the public information officer for Gwinnett County uh, Police Department. Thank you so much for being with us, Michelle. It's, it's really a, a disturbing case when, when you read through the police reports and the details. Um, have, have police been able to uh, identify the victim yet and figure out exactly what her connection was to, to this group? Within a day or two, our investigators were able to have a preliminary identification on the woman. But because she is from South Korea, we needed to make positive identification and also track down her family. But I believe that the medical examiner's office has made positive identification, and we're just working to make sure that the family is aware that that positive ID has been made. Do we know, Michelle, what this group really is, the Soldiers of Christ? I mean, is it, is it like a, a cult or some kind of religious organization? Because when you Google it, there, there's not a, a ton of information out there. Um, what have you guys learned so far? You're right. I've done the same thing you've done. and I've Googled it as well, and there's not a whole lot of information out there. We know that the investigators found that they were identifying themselves as belonging to the Soldiers of Christ, which they believe was a religious organization. Um, right now, our detectives are just working to gather as much information about them and to see if there's any potential victims out there, any additional victims. But as far as this crime is concerned, we believe that we have all of those responsible in custody. Do you think that, I mean, I see the mug shots there. there there's five of them. I mean, if, if this is an organization, do you think there could be more people out there, even if they're not connected to this specific crime, but, but could be doing, you know, bad things and maybe luring people fr from other countries? We don't know how far reaching this organization is. It's very possible that it only was taking place in the basement of the home in Lawrenceville. And uh, if anybody out there has any additional information to provide, maybe they've been a victim of these individuals, we encourage them to come forward and, and talk to us. Do we know exactly, Michelle, like how she, I mean, if she was lured from South Korea, like how did she end up going from South Korea to this group um, out, outside Atlanta? We believe that her family and the family that was living in this home had some sort of connection. I don't know if they were um, related by family ties or if they were just mere acquaintances, um, but we believe that the families knew one another and that the victim came to the United States in the middle of the summer, mid-June, and that's when she uh, hooked up with the people that uh, are now charged in this crime. And we believe that most of these injuries and most of what she went through was a result of the initiation 
into the soldiers of Christ. Mm. Wow. I mean, that's frightening. I'm looking at the pictures on the screen, Michelle, that you guys released. It looks like that's maybe like the basement area. There were just some pictures of of some boots. What's the significance of, of the boots? The reason I wanted to include the picture of the boots is to show that they were organized. And if you'll see in the warrants, these individuals have also been facing additional uh, gang charges. And the reason for that is, is because they are a group of three or more who are tied together by engaging in criminal activity. And just by showing the boots, Mm. we're showing organization amongst themselves. Yeah, it's frightening to see. You're right. I mean, the fact that they almost had like a, a, a uniform and that they were organized and that one of them was just 15 years old. One of the one of the suspects, just 15. Uh, Michelle Pajera, um, thank you so much. Amazing police work. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's so sad what happened to that woman. But but hopefully you all were able to stop this um, from happening to someone else. So we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Okay, still to come tonight, uh, this week marks two years since Gabby Petito's body was found uh, at a campsite in Wyoming. When we come back, the devastating story of her disappearance and murder and how her memory uh, is now being honored. not too late. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Pass it on. Here's a short quiz. Who won Best Actress last year? Who won the World Series two years ago? And finally, name your favorite teacher. Pass it on. Now, I'm guessing that the last question was the easiest. Why is that? Because that person made a difference in your life. So, go ahead and make a difference. Because making a difference is in you. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Patty! Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Tepeza is an infusion. Patients taking Tepeza may have infusion reactions. Tell your doctor right away if you experience high blood pressure If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. 
Pulmonary Rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition. And Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, Pulmonary Rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says... Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. We are the Veterans Health Administration, and our hands provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Join hands with us to make an impact in your community. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. For my friend, Luke. For my mom, Paulette. And for my mom, Finia. For my husband, Helmet. Honor someone you love by learning the warning signs of stroke. If you see face drooping, arm weakness, or speech difficulty, it's time to call 911. A stroke can happen to anyone at any age. Be ready to spot a stroke fast. Learn more from the American Stroke Association at stroke.org. Two years ago this week, after an agonizing search, Gabby Petito's mom and dad received the worst news a parent could get. Their daughter was found dead in a national forest in Wyoming where she'd been traveling uh, and camping with Brian Laundrie, a man who she thought loved her. We all know what happened. Laundrie killed her and then later killed himself. And her body was discovered. It was two years ago yesterday. This week uh, is the anniversary of just that awful, awful uh, story. And Ashley uh, takes a look back at it all. In early June of 2021, Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito were a young couple setting out on a cross-country road trip. And Gabby's digital diary, her photos and her videos and her real-time reports from wherever they happened to be, well, that was her way of sharing that magical time with the world. But in August, all of that ended. Gabby's final Instagram post was the very same day that she last spoke with her mother, August 25th. And on September 1st, Brian returned to the home of his parents in Northport, Florida, but he was all by himself in the camper van that the couple had been driving together to Colorado and Utah and Wyoming. Gabby was missing, but her family wouldn't file a report for about a week and a half presumably because they couldn't fathom that anything bad had happened with her fiancé. Laundry, though? Well, he said nothing. And his parents said nothing about Gabby, what happened to Gabby, where Gabby could possibly be. And so the police eventually named Brian Laundry as a person of interest. Take a seat, all right. And then 
Back up in Utah, police released body cam video. Video that showed the idyllic road trip those two had been on. Well, it was shown in a completely different light. It was a traffic stop in the desert, 4.44 p.m. on August 12th. The officers responding to a witness report of possible domestic abuse. I don't know, we have been fighting all morning, and, and he wouldn't let me in the car before. And then Why wouldn't he let you in the car? Because you have OCD? Toby and he calm down, yeah. But I'm perfectly calm, calm all the time. And One day after that video was broadcast everywhere, a bombshell from Laundrie's parents. Now Brian was missing too. Florida police started searching, but did not call it a manhunt and did not appreciate an avalanche of questions as to how their person of interest had somehow slipped away so easily. They focused their search on the nearby nature preserve where Laundrie's parents claimed he told them he was going for a walk days earlier. We are doing our due diligence to find Brian and an area that intelligence had led us that he could possibly be in. And it's upon us to make sure that we search this area as best as we can, as, as massive as it is with the resources that we have to try to find Brian. And then on September 19th, Gabby Petito's remains were found at a Wyoming campsite. Days later, a federal arrest warrant was issued for Brian Laundrie. Apparently, he had helped himself to Gabby's debit card on his way back to Florida. Laundrie was officially a fugitive for almost a month, during which his sister publicly urged him to turn himself in. I would tell my brother to just come forward and get us out of this horrible mess. I hope my brother is alive because I want answers just as much as everybody else. A month into this whole ordeal, in early October, a hiker swore that he saw Brian Laundrie, even spoke to him on the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina. Laundrie was a camper, so it did make sense, and many assumed that he had changed his appearance as well. Investigators and journalists and true crime fans on the internet all weighed in with mock-ups of Brian with more hair, with less hair, with different hair, with a bushy beard, and with no beard at all. But none of it panned out. Brian Laundrie was still on the run. But on October 20th, Laundrie's remains were finally found in Florida. In that park abutting the vast nature preserve that had been searched time and time again. The area had recently flooded and it would take another month to determine that Brian had actually shot himself in the head. He'd also left behind a notebook in which we finally learned he admitted to strangling Gabby Petito. No, it was just such an awful, uh, an awful development there. We all hoped that she was going to be found alive. Um, Gabby Petito's death is what sparked News Nation uh, to launch a weekly missing series where we highlight uh, missing people. And tonight in Gabby's honor, uh, we want to shine a light on other missing people, just maybe help get them home to their loved ones. This is something that's really important to Gabby's family to share these missing cases. A 27-year-old Raja Adriana McQueen went missing on June 16th, 2021 in Cleveland. You see the picture there. Uh, police say she was last seen getting into her 2018 Nissan Sentra at a gas station. If you've got any information, call the FBI tip line, 216 
583-5383. 13-year-old uh, Iris Perez and 15-year-old Tamara Perez, sisters, they vanished in June of this year near the home of their adoptive parents in uh, Houghton Lake, Michigan. They were last seen walking toward nearby woods. If you've got any help, you can call the Roscommon County Sheriff's Office, 989-275-5101. And then Matthew Tyler Henry was last seen April 15, 2018, in a tractor supply parking lot uh, in Dunlap, Tennessee. He was 29 years old at the time. Any information on that one, you see the photo. There's a couple of photos there. Uh, you can call Dunlap Police, 423-949-3319. Okay, still to come tonight, we've got a major update to a story that we brought you yesterday. Police in Romeoville, Illinois, they have now identified two persons of interest in the case of a family of four gunned down in their home. Such a mystery. Well, tonight, it's all starting to come together, and we've got the details next. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world, even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. Would you let other people order for you? He'll have some old knees. No, I won't. So why let others make decisions about your older years? Do you want your kids or perfect strangers choosing where you'll live or how your money gets spent? Uh, no. Go to longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. It takes you step-by-step step through everything you need to consider about aging and all your options. Longtermcare.gov. Plan now to stay in charge or pay later. How about a mohawk? <laughs> Very funny. Hey, everything okay? Yes, I'm fine. Honey. Hey, I'm here for you. Tell me about school today. When kids can't find the right words, music can help them sound it out. Talk to the kids in your life about their emotional well-being. Find tools and resources at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. In Iraq, our truck hit a roadside bomb. I had about 16 surgeries on my hand so that I could regain function. And when I came home, I needed a new roof due to a storm. And I was about to lose homeowner's insurance as well. I applied for Operation Homefront Critical Financial Assistance Program. And it's good to know that when we come home, there are people who are there that care about us. Operation Homefront, they've really been a blessing. Visit OperationHomefront.org to learn more. What if one day you went to your secret hiding place and instead of what you came for, you found a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? What would you do? Would you stop and give it some thought? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, know that there is help. You can quit. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. This is Kelly Meyer. Get my podcast, Kelly in the Capital, at newsnationnow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
AM Radio provides always-on news, sports, talk, traffic, and weather reports. And it's also a vital service that provides important emergency information when your community needs it most. Tell Congress you need AM Radio to stay in your car. Because when cell phones and the Internet are down, this free emergency service is critical. And when you don't have electricity, radio in the car is often your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM Radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Thanks to generous community support, Wounded Warrior Project has helped post-9-11 veterans and their families since 2003. Through no-cost physical and mental health services, legislative advocacy, career assistance, and life skill training, we're there every step of the journey. It's possible to feel understood. To get support when it's needed most. And now I know anything is possible. And we're just getting started. Learn more at woundedwarriorproject.org possible. This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite out of crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid, it goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at McGruffPSA.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. So there are major developments in the family murder mystery at Romeoville, Illinois. Today, police identified two suspects in the case and one, maybe even two now, we're learning, uh, apparently dead. This is the story we told you about last night. A mom, a dad, their two young children and the family's three dogs all found shot to death inside their home on Sunday. Uh, well, the break in the case happened today. Police in Catoosa, Oklahoma, more than 600 miles away, were alerted to a car that matched the description and license plate of the suspect's vehicle. When Catoosa police tried to pull it over, it sped away and crashed, and then police heard gunshots. When they got to the car, a man believed to be 31-year-old Nathaniel Huey Jr. was found dead of a gunshot wound in the driver's seat, and a woman who has not been identified was in the passenger seat, also with a gunshot wound. And the latest we just learned is now she is also 